0: has spoken, by Your word is the lamp we will my do, path. I'm and we will be obedient. in Luke chapter 17, the Lord told us something. The apostles went and said, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, just a little tiny speck of faith, you could say to that mulberry tree, by the way, that's a mulberry tree. Uh, It's a baby mulberry tree. It's actually five times that size when it gets to where it's supposed to be. So imagine something five times that size. You could say to that mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Then he said, do you know how you get that kind of faith? I want you to be a servant who does every single thing I tell you. Not some, all. That's what Jesus said. Read Luke 17 later. But he says, when you have that kind of speck of faith and you're that obedient to me, where you actually are doing everything I tell you to do, your faith is going to increase. And at first you could tell a mulberry tree to be uprooted and planted in the sea. Then it grows to the point you can move mountains. In other words, it's an ever-growing, ever-increasing faith and an interaction with God that's amazing. 24-7 is about you and I tuning into God that way and seeing mulberry trees uprooted, seeing mountains moved. And are you ready for this? I think this becomes even more exciting than that. The most exciting part of all is you tune in to the voice of God. By the way, be in John chapter 10. We're going to look at other passages too. But make sure you're at least in John chapter 10. Tuning into the voice of God. What I want to talk to you about today is when you begin to do these four things, it's aligning yourself in such a way that you begin to hear God's voice. God wants to speak to you. God wants to guide you. One of the most often used phrases in all the Bible is, Thus saith the Lord. One of the scariest verses in all the Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And the voice of the Lord was rare in those days. Now, by the way, that's not a good thing. It was rare in those days because people weren't following God. That, that, that's supposed to be you and I should step back going, oh, what a horrible thing to hear. And hopefully we would say the voice of the Lord is not rare here, that you're hearing God speak. Um, when Pam was in Israel, we had saved up some money to make a change in our house and we're trying to follow all the Ramsey system. And, and um, in our downstairs area where I watch uh, sports mainly, uh, we have an old, old surround sound system. So we had saved up money to, to upgrade it, but I only had enough just for the AV receiver. I, I was going to have to keep the speakers and keep everything else. But while Pam was gone, I thought, what a great chance to try this. So I go to Best Buy, and, and I go in, and I find an open box special. like, way, this is even better. And I buy just the receiver, and I go home, and I hook it up. Now, by the way, whenever I do anything with electricity, it's always scary. So I hook this thing up. I've got all the wires going. There's like a billion of them, and 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 then I step back and I'm about to turn it on. Now what you got to catch? AV receivers brand new. So the receivers, the only change, same U-verse box, same speakers, everything. And I step back and I turn it on, and all of a sudden it's amazing. For the first time, and I'd never had this happen, the bass starts rumbling in the living room. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. And I'm like, that is so cool. And then I turn on a football game, and I can hear the crowd cheering behind me. Ah! you know. And, and then the band goes off, and, and, and that hadn't been happening before. Now, now you got to catch this. Same speakers, same U-verse box. The only difference is the receiver. And when I had the right receiver, the sound now that's coming out was so enhanced, so incredible, so amazing that it was like a whole something new and everything's better. I mean, I could turn on Dr. Oz and that's kind of cool, you know, and, uh, and which I don't like anyway. And so, you know, but everything's better. And when Pam got home, I'm like, you got to hear this. And I sat her down and she's like, oh, she almost wanted to jump. It was, and all that changed was the receiver. And here's my point. When you and I align ourselves correctly and become the correct receiver, then everything in your life changes. Do you, do you get where I'm going? When you have intentional intimacy, you line up better with God. When you have total surrender, then you're tuning in better to God, and your faith starts increasing. That's what Jesus said. When you choose to experience more, then you're putting yourself more in tune with the Lord. When you love, when you're committing to love like Jesus loves, the I-T-E-L, you, those four things bring you in, and then everything in life gets better. You begin to live, the First Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. It says there that eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart of a man what God has prepared for those who love him. When you start understanding that God has prepared amazing things for you and he starts unveiling them to you. And you know, God wants you to have them. Look at verse 10 though, this becomes really cool. Look at verse 10. It says this, it says, For to us, God has revealed them through the Spirit. Now, if you go, wait, wait, why is that so exciting? What is God revealing? What is God telling you? He's telling you all the great and wonderful and amazing things he's prepared for you. In other words, God says, I want you to know I'm going to show them to you. I'm going to tell you about them. I'm going to open your eyes to them through the power of the Spirit. In other words, when you and I come into a relationship with God, it's to be a very real relationship where you talk to him and he talks to you. Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things you do not know. You and I need to be living a great and mighty life. You and I need to be living a life where God has prepared amazing things beyond your imagination, and then God reveals them to you, and you're like, Lord, this is awesome. God wants to do that, and his desires to do that, and he wants to do it in a very loving, caring way. Uh, I I love my grandchildren. I know most of you know that. I have four grandchildren. My, My two twin granddaughters are in Syracuse, New York. And my grandson, Liam, and my granddaughter, Eleni, are here. Last night, I was out there playing with them, hugging on them, cheering, screaming, doing whatever they wanted, hugging and kissing like crazy. And uh, man, I gotta tell you, I, I'm so close to those kids, and I, I love it. It's, it's my life. I love my granddaughters who are in Syracuse. But it's not the same. And you know why? Because our, our proximity is based on Skype. And Skype's kind of cool. I mean, I can talk to him and see him and laugh and, and I get him to, to, to joke. But it's not the intimate, intimate relationship that, that I want to have. And here's the praise they're moving here. We're going to get him back here. But, um, but where I'm going is, some of you have a Skype relationship with God. And did you know God doesn't want just a Skype relationship? He wants intimacy. He wants to be close. He wants to show you things. He wants to reveal things to you. And you and I need to tune into him so that we begin to experience that. That's what God wants us to have. In uh, In Job chapter 33, verse 14, it says this. It says, God speaks once and even twice, yet no one notices. God speaks once, even twice, yet no one notices. Do you realize God's speaking? God's talking to you and you may not notice. It's not that he's not talking to you. The Bible says he is speaking, he is talking to you. Here's the thing, are we tuned in? Are we even noticing the voice of a God who loves you as a father and wants to be close to you and says, hey, why don't you turn to the right? Why don't you turn to the left? God wants to talk to you that way, and yet no one notices. In Job 33, it says, because of that, very often he'll speak to us in a dream, in a vision of the night. And while that's a wonderful thing, that's not the kind of closeness God wants. By the way, God does speak in dreams. Uh, Last Sunday, we saw the fruition of that. Uh, uh, before last Sunday, uh, a man, a wonderful man, who's a grandfather of a young guy who attends our church, Steve Romo, his grandfather lives in Venice, California. And his grandfather had a dream. And in the dream, Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus told him, are you ready for this? Get your act together. Isn't that kind of cool? Get your act. And he woke up and he knew it was the Lord. Now he had not given his life to Christ yet. Steve had shared with him and prayed for him, but he had never made that decision. So that Sunday he drove from Venice, California to Steve's house and shocked him by just being at the door saying, I want to go to church with you. And then last Sunday he was sitting right over here and God touched his heart the rest of the way and he got up and gave his life to Jesus Christ. Now, it started with a dream. I'm 65 years old, by the way. I think that's cool. It started with a dream, but then it went to a place now where God wants a better relationship with him. He wants that with you, and he wants it with me. So very often, God does that. By the way, later on in Job 33, it says, if I don't get to you through dreams, and I don't get to you to speaking to you, I'll use pain. Did you know God will use pain? Some of you are going, wait, why did my car break down? And God goes, now you're ready to talk to me. See, most of us in our life, we're just wandering around, not noticing God. You know, like, oh, yeah, I got to have my quiet time. Oh, yeah. Then what happens? You get fired. All of a sudden, you're praying like crazy. And God's going, good, good. Oh, your car breaks down. Lord, what am I going to? God goes, oh, now we're talking. You know, uh, uh, sickness comes. I'm so sick. God, please. You know, and God goes, oh, I got your. See, do you know why God actually enjoys you so much he'll do anything to get time with you? And, and he loves you and he cares about you. But there's, there's a better way. And that's not that God isn't gonna use those ways. There's a better way. It's the way of having the Holy Spirit so clear in your life that you're tuned into the voice of God. Jesus wants it that way. And I wanna promise you, that's what Jesus says. Look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And notice what the Lord tells us here. It says, to him. Now, who's the him? Him is the shepherd. Jesus is going to illustrate the relationship he wants with us like a shepherd does with sheep. And in what you need to understand, and I think many of you know, it's a very intimate relationship. It's not just a big herd of sheep. It's a very intimate relationship. So now, notice how he illustrates this. To him, the shepherd, the doorkeeper opens, and that's so he can go in and be with the sheep, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, Jesus' first point is this. I know you so well I know you by name. I call you by name and you hear my voice. Now, when I was in high school here at Corona High, they had an ag department then and a girl I knew had a sheep in the ag department. And, and it was so cool to watch. She would open the gate and call the sheep by name and it would run out to her. It wouldn't run off till she gave it permission to. And she would take it out and it would bounce around and run all over. She even taught the sheep tricks. And, but the cool thing was whenever she called it by name, it ran to her and it would cuddle with her and be with her. And after I became a Christian, I realized that's the kind of relationship Jesus wants. Do you notice that Jesus knows you by name? He knows you by name. Are you ready for that? He looks at you, and he calls, like Steve. I mean, he knows you by name. He he cares about you. He looks at Steve and says, that's my Steve. And he knows you and who you are by name. When my son Tim was really little, I decided to nickname him Timo. And he went running into Pam one day, and goes, and he's crying. He goes, "Dad doesn't know my name," you know, and uh, I, that's why he has problems. I had to pay for the counseling. Um, God knows you by name and calls you by name and wants to speak to you individually. That's amazing to think about. It's as much as I want to see a mulberry tree uprooted. I want to hear God's voice, and I want you to too. Notice what he goes on to say in verse four. And he puts forth his own sheep, and he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him. Here's why. Because they know his voice. You and I need to know the voice of God. I'm going to talk about how that happens. But we need to know his voice. And then it says in verse 5, A stranger they will simply not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger. I have, in verse 16, look down at verse 16. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Now that's a prophecy Jesus made about you and I. He's telling the apostles, you are sheep and you hear my voice, but I have others still others who I'm going to call and they're going to hear my voice and they're going to know my voice and they're gonna recognize my voice. Verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. He says, I wanna hold you close and I want you to know I know you by name and I want you to know my voice. Now, how does this work? Well, we're gonna to get to it more in a minute, but in part, you need to lock this in. It is very real relationship. And, and when a baby's born, when a baby's born, the baby knows the voice of its mother. We know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's been uh, proven scientifically. You know it subjectively. You watch it happen. As the baby grows in the womb, it actually listens to the mother's voice and becomes aware of it. And when she speaks, it's something the baby knows. If the father's around, and especially a loving father, the baby will be imprinted to the father and know the voice of the father and know the difference between another man's voice I have lots and lots of women who have come to me and said, you know, um, I, I, when I got pregnant, I was attending Crossroads and I'd come every single Sunday. And Chuck, I'm not kidding. My child knows your voice. I had a woman two weeks ago come up and said it was the coolest thing. She's a brand new baby. said I was sitting in the the family room there and and the music was going on. My baby was all distracted and then you started speaking and my baby got so still. It was hunting for the TV because the baby knew your voice and then went right to sleep like many of you do in my sermon. And uh, it starts out knowing the voice and then it grows. As you grow with him, you begin to understand his voice more. When he calls to you, when he directs you, When he guides you, this is what the life in Christ is supposed to be. This is what God wants. And he wants it to be very, very intimate. Psalm 25, verse 12 says, who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. I wanna stop there. Did you know God wants to use his voice to instruct you in the way you should choose? What house you buy, what job you take, what school you go to, by the way, who you marry. Uh, uh, how, when He wants to direct you to, to, to do something different in your life, God wants to instruct you in the way you choose. He really does. And I hope you and I are aware of that. I hope you practice that. When I first became a Christian here at Crossroads, I had people pour into my life and they taught me something that I've held on to that you and I ought to talk to God and ask God about everything. I mean, everything. Proverbs chapter three says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So I was taught early on, like, you know, if I'm ordering food, ask God what food to order. If I want to go a certain direction, ask God what direction to go. By the way, you know what? If you want to get really intimate God, you get up in the morning and you say, God, what should I wear? You might think, does God care about what you wear? I want to promise you He does. He does. If Pam walks out and says, so what outfit should I wear? And I go, oh, I don't care. What would that say about a relationship? And if I don't take time, by the way, in our relationship to look and actually make a conscious decision, I'm in trouble. Now, God cares. He cares. Like, he really cares. And if you started praying about that, I I think you're going to see something happen. By the way, some of you weren't listening to God today. But, um, (laughs) okay, um, okay. God cares. Uh, I start, started practicing something that I love and that's just whenever we're gonna go anywhere, I ask God where to go. Uh, the other day we wanted to go to Costco. I said, Lord, should I go to the Corona one, Lake Elson, or which one? And uh, I found that sometimes I get nothing and lots of times I get a direction. I get a direction. Uh, one day I was getting ready back when I was on staff at CCV still. So I was heading on a Wednesday night to teach a Bible study and I got in my car, and I said, Lord, which way should I go? And again, like I said, if I don't get anything, I just go. I don't sit there going, okay, hour later, you know. Uh. But that day, I really felt the Lord directing me, so I eventually turned down Citrus. Now, I almost never went down Citrus. It takes a little longer. And, and, and I usually go down Lark Ellen, but I'm going down Citrus, and I'm praying about it. And, and then I see a 7-Eleven, and I really sense the Lord saying, go in that 7-Eleven. And it's always a good idea to say, God, is that you? Uh, but in this case, I really did, because I got to be honest, I didn't like that 7-Eleven. The service is bad. They don't, they don't lay it out well. There's another 7-Eleven on Lark Allen I love. The, the owner loved me. He always gave me free Slurpees. So if I'm going to go to 7-Eleven, I want to go there. It's always, Pastor Chuck, free Slurpee. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, which 7-Eleven would you go to? And so I'm looking at it, and I, I, I really said, God, um, is that you? Would you want me to go in there? And I felt the Lord say, you need to go in there. And I thought, okay, God. And and I really was kind of arguing, which tells me probably it was God, by the way. And, and I pull in, and I go inside, and I don't see anything. And I think, well, maybe, I mean, you know, just whacked out a little bit here. Or, or maybe, you know, God's keeping me from some accident or something. And then I hear a voice behind me go, Chuck! And I spin around. There's a junior high student down there. He said, you're not going to believe this. My sister and I were sitting. There's a Tasty Freeze. We were sitting over at the Tasty Freeze and we're talking about our brother Steve, and we're so concerned for him, and we just couldn't decide what to do, and we decided, well, if there was any way you could talk to him, and my sister said, well, I don't know how to get a hold of Chuck, so I'm just going to sit here and pray we can talk to him, and she prayed, said amen, opened her eyes, and I'm getting out of my car, and they were like, oh my goodness, and so then, you know, I walk over, and I sit down, and I said, well, tell me what's going on, and they shared with me what's happening in Steve's life, and I said, "Well, you know, let's get him to church tonight." Tonight would be perfect. They said, "Oh, he won't come." And I said, "You know what? You've already been praying. God's doing something. Let's call him." So she calls him and starts asking him to go, and he's he's I could tell it was probably saying no. And I said, "Give me the phone." And she goes, "Well, someone wants to speak to you." And she handed it over. I said, "Hey, Steve, you know who this is?" He's like, "Chuck." And I'm like, "Yeah." So let me tell you what just happened. And I told him the story. I said, "Don't you think God wants you at church?" And he goes, oh, oh, "Yeah, I'll be there." And he came. He came, and he came forward and committed his life to Christ. So, God wants to direct you in the way you choose now don't miss that he really does he cares that much about you He cares where you sit down and where you rise up he cares what you say this is not about a religion where you believe in a God is out there it's about a relationship with him where you experience him now look what it goes on to say in verse 13 his soul shall abide in prosperity did you catch that God wants you to have your soul that doesn't mean you're going to materially prosper necessarily your soul will The Bible says when you're in a relationship with this that eye has not seen nor ear heard nor is it ever in the heart of man, what God has prepared for you because you love him. God's got amazing things to bless you with. David said, you know what it's like living with God? His goodness and his loving kindness pursue me and chase me down. God's chasing you with good things. And here it says your soul abides in prosperity. That's the kind of life we want you to experience. God wants you to experience it says, his soul shall abide in prosperity. His descendants will inherit the land. Verse 14, the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him and he will make them know his covenant. Do you, do you understand how intimate that becomes? Bill was right when he talked about the intimacy God wants during communion. I was in a gathering of people that I really respect and we were all talking and sharing and a man who I really, really respect uh, and all of us did, by the way, uh, said, hey, uh, can we go aside over here? Can we step over here where we can talk? And I thought, okay. So he grabbed my arm and we went over and he looked at me and he said these words and I don't know if you'll catch how powerful they were. He says this, I I haven't shared this with anyone else yet, but I want to tell you. And then he said, you're the only one I'm going to tell. Do you catch how powerful this? You're it. You're the only person I'm going to tell this to. And in that moment, man, I looked at him, and I mean, I respect this man, and I thought, whoa, he doesn't see me as an acquaintance, he sees me as a friend. You only share secrets with friends. I bet you're not, you know, stay in the grocery store. Come here, I'll tell you my deepest secret. <laughs> you don't do that, do you? Not the real ones. And, and you know what, is, is in that moment, do you know what he was saying to me? I love you and trust you and feel our relationship's that solid, and you're someone I'm gonna just impart this to. And by the way, I found out later, you know, he didn't share. I was the only one he told that to. And when it all came out, I had been praying for him. It was all good stuff, but, but it was like, do you understand what that says? He wanted to tell me a secret. Do you see what God is saying to you? I want to tell you a secret. I want to tell you things no one else is going to know. This is between you and me. See, what we're talking about, here's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a new revelation, uh, a new revelation would be you get to have your own book of the Bible. Okay, and we're not going to start having your own book of the Bible. I'm not going to walk in here going, "Hey, let's turn to first chuck chapter 3." You know, uh, let's turn to third pam because pam would get at least 3." You know, I mean, no. No, it, it, but we are talking about, you ready, an application that's for you. Now, it's not a new truth. It's not a new truth. But it's God's truth applied to your life. And that's what we're talking about. By the way, this is really important. It's God's truth applied to your life. It's not me getting something to tell you. I have lots of people coming up. You know, God told me to tell you something. And I thought, if he did, he'll tell me. I don't need you. And, uh, and by the way, you don't need anyone else either. You have an anointing from the Holy One. That's what it says in 1 John. And God will guide you. He'll teach you. But he wants to share secrets with you. He wants to reveal truth to you. He wants you to experience that. That's great's desire. Now listen to this. Proverbs 3.32 in the New King James says this. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Did you get one of the signs that you're right with God is he gives you secret counsel. One of the signs you're right with God, I'm repeating this on purpose, is he gives you his secret counsel. Uh, The New American translates it this way. The devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. The word intimate and the word secret counsel has the idea of a close intimate relationship where wonderful secret things are shared. That's what the Bible says God wants to have you experience and he wants it with you. Now, how do you tune into it? Are you ready? Well, it comes down to the I-T-E-L. First with intentional intimacy, be in the word of God every single day. When you're in the word of God every single day, you're gonna discover the, who God is in the mind of God. You're also gonna discover not only who God is, but how he speaks. Now catch that. Not only who he is, but how he speaks. So when you hear a voice in your mind, you're, you're not gonna go, wait, wait, is that God? You're gonna go, oh, that would make sense if that was God, because you know how he speaks. Uh, uh, the other day, a, a while back, I saw Pam's computer. I was walking by and someone you know, instant messaged her. And she wasn't around. I thought, oh, this is cool. So I sat down and I started typing back and forth. And so I'm just carrying on this conversation. And I'm having so much fun being Pam, you know, because every time it pops up it says it's Pam. And and then I decided to do it. I said, I just want to tell you that I've come to the realization that one of the greatest blessings of my life is Chuck. Uh, He is so incredible. He is so loving. Uh, And and you know, I don't know of a man that's so godly. And I'm going on and on about me. And the person writes back, it's Chuck. I knew it was you. And she goes, get off Pam's computer. And (laughs) later on, this person goes to Pam and goes, I knew from the first sentence it wasn't you because that's not how you write or speak. Do you catch that? So when, when you start hearing a voice, you're standing and looking at someone who just cut in line in front of you. And a voice says, punch him in the nose. Thanks, God. No, no, that's not it, is it? Yeah. No, no, you know that's not the Lord. And, and see, you know how he speaks. In The Power of the Whisper, Bill Heibel says this. He says, it, by the way, that's a great book. If you want to read on Hearing the Voice of God, The Power of the Whisper. Bill Heibel says, The most predictable way to hear from heaven is to read and apply God's word. The most predictable way to hear from heaven is to read and apply God's word. When you increase your biblical engagement, you increase the odds that you'll hear from God. That's as complicated as it gets. See, one of the things we want you to do, be in the word of God every single day. Maybe it's shorter some days, longer, and then write things down. Now I have people say, I don't, I don't want a journal. Well, then write short. Tweet your, your thing to you. you. know, 140 characters, you can do it. And, and why? So you tune into God. You tune in and you start saying, God, here I am, here I am. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And when you do, when you do, here's the next thing. We, we begin to tune into God when we, number one, have intentional intimacy. Next thing, total surrender. We're willing to obey everything he says, everything he has in his word and everything he prompts you to do. You're ready to obey. Why would God speak to you if you're not going to obey? There might be some of you right now going, well, I haven't heard from God. Here's the question. Are you listening to what God told you to do? Everything, the I-T-E-L, everything in his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandment. You're gonna see that in a moment. We need to do that. We need to do that. And listen to what Jesus said. Turn to John 14 and notice how he talks about this. He who has my commandments, verse 21, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. I'm gonna stop there. I could say I love God all day long. Here's the question. If I love him, I'll keep his commandments. All of them, not part of them. That's why a lot of you guys, I'm so proud of you because when we showed you that God's word clearly teaches to tithe, you tithe. When we showed it, it told you to be in the word, you've been in the word. When it told you to do, you're like, okay, if that's what God says, I'll do it. That's the attitude we have if we love him. We do not earn our salvation. That salvation is a gift from God bestowed upon us. But when we are in love with God, we know we're in love with God in part. One of the great tests, we want to do everything he says. When you do that, your faith grows. If you right now are struggling with obeying God, I gotta be honest, that's a sign you're struggling with loving God. Now, I'm not doing that to be mean. I just want you to know that's, so, so you fall more in love with him, it'll go away. You'll, you'll find that happening. Jesus said in verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. The word disclose is a very interesting Greek word. It's infineso. and if you think about it long enough, you'll get the English word we have. You ready what it is? To emphasize. The Lord says, I will disclose myself. If you love me and obey my commandments, I'm going to come and show you who I am. I'm gonna come and be so apparent in your life you can't miss me. I'm gonna emphasize my relationship with you, emphasize my presence with you if you love me and obey my commandments. So I tune into God, you tune into God by being intentionally intimate, being in his word every day and talking with him and by obeying whatever he tells me to do and then he reveals himself to me. In The Power of the Whisper, one of the stories Hybels has written in there's a testimony of a young mom. She had two toddlers and she had been raised in a home where there was always a lot of yelling, so that was the parenting style she had. She caught it from her parents. And uh, one day, her toddlers went into the pantry where they were not allowed to be, and there was a loud crashing sound, and she ran in there, and, and her first thought is, are you okay? The second is, what a mess you made, and she's just about to yell. And all of a sudden, she hears in her mind, God speak and say, you are not to yell at those children. And she said Like, whoa, it just grabbed her in the moment. She's just about to scream. You are not to yell at those children. And she thought, Lord, is that you? And she hears, you can discipline them. You are not to yell at them or raise your voice at them again. And she stepped back and started crying, and she was ready to say yes to God. It broke her heart. By the way, is that how God speaks? Is that how he speaks? I want to tell you the answer is yes. In James, it says, be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger for the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. God will tell you that if we're willing to listen. And she said the most amazing thing was this, from that point on she could not physically find it in herself to yell at her children. It just the minute she said yes to God there, it just all went away. Changed everything. And, and, and God does that. One night I'm doing my quiet time and Pam and I had been in a fight. She was wrong about something. And um. <laughs> I was really mad at her and I decided you know what I've just had it with you I'm not going to talk to you I I just I was so upset but I hadn't done my quiet time yet so I sit down and open my Bible and I hear this voice in my mind saying no I'm like look it was so loud it was loud at him no and I go to read no and I thought Lord is that you and I hear these words you go love her you go love don't you sit down there with my word and not obey it you go love your wife and I thought Lord but you don't know how wrong she is you know and uh (laughs) And I went out and looked at her and and man, I'm so glad I listened to God. You know, are we willing to obey? That's the question. And I hope you are. If the Lord says, I I want you to pray, then you pray. I I want you to fast. We're gonna fast together. You're gonna love that. By the way, it's gonna be a blast. I have a lot of you asking when we've got a date set. We're gonna do that together and and go and experience more. And you do that and use your gift and you you just say yes to God. Uh, Notice what he goes on to say here because I love this in verse 23, or verse 22, verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not the world? Did you catch that Judas caught it? Okay, there are going to be those who you're going to disclose yourself to and those you're not. There's the few that are going to actually have you emphasize your presence in your life and others who aren't. By the way, this room is filled. All of us fall into one of two categories. There are those here who are hearing the voice of God and those who are not. And and Judah said, why is that? Why is that? And Jesus tells the answer, verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Those are the people that get to hear God's voice. If you love me, you'll keep my word and my father will love him and we will come and make our abode with him. We're gonna come and live life with you. The word abode there isn't just to live, it's to live in an intimate way. Did you catch that? I will emphasize my presence and I will come and we'll live and share life together. God wants to do that. Not a Skype relationship, an intimate relationship and and where you experience him. By the way, it's interesting. The word to know God is a word means to experience him, to know by experience. That's the asashama, that when you start doing it, then you go, oh, that's what it's like. That's what God wants for me. That's what he has you have. And when we commit to obey him and we're intentionally intimate with him, we tune into him. And when you start to experience more, doing some things outside your comfort zone, then you really tune in. And then when you say, I am gonna love, well, you've you've really, you've you've fine-tuned what it should be like. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings 19 and we'll close with this. Um, This shows you more how it's going to happen. 1 Kings 19. Um, Elijah the prophet uh, stood against the prophets of Baal. The people had begun to be very idolatrous and worship a false god named Baal. And God hated that. And he called for Elijah to be bold enough to call all of Israel to Mount Carmel. By the way, Pam and Nazareth and Mike Long and Lisa Mitchison got to stand on Mount Carmel in the very spot that it would have happened. And he calls all the prophets of Baal and the prophets of another false god. And he says, stand with me and fight with me. I'm gonna take you on. One man against hundreds of them. He says, you call to your God, I'll call to mine, and we'll see whose God is real today. And so what happens is he lets them go first, and they're calling out, and it says they're cutting themselves and tearing at themselves and screaming, and Elijah starts actually making fun of them as they're doing it. Now imagine that. He's mocking hundreds of blood-crazed maniacs. He's that brave. Then when it's his turn, he goes, God, show them. And fire comes down out of heaven. And everyone realizes who the true God is. And he turns and he points. And now he doesn't know if the people will do it yet, but he's courageous enough to say, grab every one of them. And that's it. And they grab them all. And he's gutsy. So he takes on hundreds of prophets of Baal, blood-crazed maniacs. And then Jezebel, one woman, here's what he did. And she sends word and says, I'm going to kill you. And he is so terrified, he runs away to hide. Did you catch that? Hundreds of blood-crazed maniacs, don't scare him, but one woman. (laughs) Guys, do you relate a little? (laughs) Bible's real, isn't it? I'll take on a gang, but man, not my wife, you know. Verse three, and he was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there, now he's all alone. But he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. He said, I just, I'm so depressed, I just, just kill me. Just kill me. By the way, the greatest experience he's ever had in his life, God just did, and now he's so, so filled with despair. He says, just, I want death. And he said, it's enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. He's so also filled with a sense of failure that he ran from Jezebel, and by the way, you know how God responds with that? He responds with love. If you're here today and you think, well, you know what, I haven't done everything. Well, God still loves you. He couldn't love you more than he does. Well, I should do more. Well, I don't know. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. But let me tell you, God still loves you. But I've blown it. Wow. Whenever my grandkids blow it or my children blew it, I can tell you what, I loved them. And I know he loves you. He's not gonna quit. That's who God is. And uh, what God does is he has them eat and has them sleep. And and then he says, I need you to go to a particular cave, but I want you to take a 40 day journey to get there. That's interesting. We won't get into all of it now because the cave was 20 days away and he is to travel a, a route that would take him 40 where he would go through and see all the places Moses led the people in the wilderness for 40 years and be reminded of who God is. God was preparing him to hear his voice and then what happens is he gets to the cave and God says go stand outside it and he stands and all of a sudden a huge wind comes and it's a, it's a, it's a raging wind. It's knocking over rocks. It's splitting rocks. Trees are being uprooted. You know how we have those kind of things happen here. It's to an extreme. And he's watching it all. And then the wind stops. And he says, but God was not in the wind. Then an earthquake breaks out. You know, earthquakes, man, when we've had them here, people are praying all the time. Earthquake hits and it thunders. And then it says, but God wasn't in the earthquake. Then a raging fire comes. And he wasn't in the fire. And then it says this. Look what it says. First Kings 19 verse 12. In the New Living, it says, and after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Now in the New American, it says, there was a sound of a gentle blowing. The word sound there is a Hebrew word, qual, which means voice. Matter of fact, if you have your uh, uh, New American, if you look down at verse 13, you see a word voice there. It's the exact same Hebrew word. So, so the best translation is the voice of a gentle blowing, the voice of a whisper. In other words, the gentle whisper. God said, Elijah, I could come in the fire. I could come in the earthquake. I could, I could come in the thunder. But I want a very real relationship with you, so I'm just gonna whisper. And the question is, are you gonna listen? Uh, my grandson Liam is interesting. He's two years old. And at times I want to get his attention and, and he doesn't always respond. I don't know if it's because he's in the moment. I don't know if because he knows what I want him to do. I've noticed this, if it's time to go to bed, he doesn't hear a thing. And uh, I'm not kidding. Like, hey, Liam, time to get your PJs on. And he's playing, you know, and he's not about to do it. But, but you know what I found? This really is true with him. I could go, Liam, Liam. Not, not he won't turn his head. But if I do this, Liam. Man, I don't, he always falls for it. And then he'll run over and go, what? (laughs) He likes to whisper. But if I whisper, Liam. And you know what God is doing? He's whispering your name. And he's whispering whispering a message. He's whispering uh, uh, an application. He's whispering a direction. He's whispering a protection. Or something beautiful. Pam, the other day, was driving on the freeway and she said God just spoke and she knew it was the Lord right away. She heard these words. Do you believe I'll take care of you? And she said, Lord, is is that you? And she heard it again. Do you believe I'll take care of you? Now, Pam is a very faith-filled faith person. She doesn't worry about anything. I do a lot. And she said, Lord, I, I do. I know you'll take care of me. And then she heard the words come. I'll always take care of you. I don't know if the message was for her or for me, but she knew it was the Lord. And she just was like in awe of God talking to her. And I know it was him too. And I, I have come to this whole idea of the 24-7 vision and teaching with you to say, I want you to hear his voice. I want your relationship to be so real. I want it for you. I want it because he wants it for you. And it's, and by the way, it's not just for a few. It's, although it's only going to be a few, it's for everyone who chooses to be in tune with God. And you tune in by having intentional intimacy and total surrender. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. I, you know what? And I'm not kidding about that. It, whatever it is that it's causing you to go, I can't do that, then do it. Do it because you love him. Trust him. It, you do it by being willing to experience more. And we'll talk more later on that. And, and by loving, just love like Jesus loved. And you're gonna just tune right in. Be in his word. Be with him. He wants it. And right now, if you've never entered a relationship with God, I mean a relationship with God, I want to give you an opportunity to begin it. The Bible actually tells how. It says to call on the name of the Lord to be saved, to to pray. That's what that means. What we're going to do, by the way, I want to make sure, this is kind of a teaching time still, get ready. How do we enter this intimate relationship? Well, the Lord has proposed to you. He's invited you. And the first thing you do is say yes to him. So it starts by a a, a vow. It starts by like, if you're getting married, you'd make a vow to the person. You'd say, yes, I wanna marry you and you'd stand and and make a commitment. And in a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance to say words and give you a chance to know what to say to him. But I want him to be yours. I want you to mean him. And as you tell him, yes, Lord, yes, I'm ready to give my life to you. I want forgiveness. I want your love. By the way, if you're hurting today, I want your healing. You talk to him about it. Then the next step is to do something more public. Just like in a married relationship, you would actually walk down the aisle in front of people. And I know there's some of you going, man, that's the last thing I'd wanna do. But you do it because you love him. And when you do that, what I'm gonna ask you to do is to pray and say yes to him and then be courageous enough to make your way to an aisle or to the stairs and to come forward. And you can bring someone with you if you want. But what I'm gonna ask you to do is to do that. And here's why. In the Bible, that's what people did when they made a commitment to God. They made it public. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father is in heaven. And what it does is your relationship starts growing right away. It starts by you being honest with him and saying, yes, I want this. Then it goes to the level by saying, I'm gonna mark this day as special and stepping out. And you and God will connect in a deeper way. It is about getting more intimate with God. Then the next thing you do is get baptized. And by the way, baptism has to be something you choose to do. Why? Because it's an intimate experience where you are buried with Christ knowing what you did. If someone had you do that as a baby, I'm glad they loved you enough to want you dedicated, but baptism is something you should choose for yourself and it needs to be being buried with Christ and raised with him and experiencing an intimate moment with him in worship. And you might say, I don't know why I would do that. Well, I'll tell you, you'll know why when you do it. You'll know why you should walk out when you do. You'll know why you should be back. You'll only know those things by experience. But it's all about growing in intimacy. And so I want to tell you today: if if you have never said yes to God, I'm hoping in a moment you'll pray a prayer and say yes, and you'll be willing to step out. If you've never stepped out, I'm hoping you'll step out and say, "Okay, God, I'll do that." If you've never been baptized, I'm not kidding. Why do we keep saying it? Because Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples and baptize them. We're supposed to do that. But it's not about how many, it's about what you experience with him. I'm gonna hope you'll get ready to commit to that. If there's anything else in your life and you need to recommit your life to God, some of you today, you may need to make a recommitment to him. I'm gonna ask you today to do that too. Let's pray. Father, we really want this to be a time you touch people and they begin to experience your love some in a brand new way and some to return to it and to know you love them and care about them and it would be a relationship Lord a very real personal relationship and so for some today's the day they'll literally be born again and God I pray you would touch each one now who needs that they need to be forgiven they need to be cleansed They need to be made alive and brand new. And God, I think there's some people sitting here right now that that, this is what's about to happen. They're about to experience you in an amazing way. They can sense it and they can feel it. And God, I pray they're gonna do it. Father, I pray your spirit would also touch anyone right now who needs to recommit their life, that that they need to return to that first love. They need, they need, Lord, to to say, "It's, it's time to have all the love and all the joy and all the life you have for them. I think there's some Christians here today, Lord, who deep down they know there's something more. They probably know what's holding them back and I pray they'll let go and and, and let you help them today. And for some, there's some pain in their heart and life and I pray, God, that they would let go of that and let you heal them. God, I think there's someone here today who's feeling pretty lonely. They're almost tired of trying and I pray that they would let you do with them what you did with Elijah where now the whisper comes and they're ready to say Yes. So God, I pray right now that you begin to touch hearts, that you begin to touch people. They can sense this is their moment. I'm gonna ask you to keep praying. And if you are a Christian, please start praying for people who may make a decision. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for them right now. But I'm gonna ask you right now, if you're ready to say yes to God, to whisper a prayer with me. To either tell him for the first time, yes, I want this life, or to recommit. So right now, here's the question. Do you want to have a very real relationship with him? If so, whisper these words, say these words, say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross to forgive me all my sin, to heal me from all hurt and all pain, to free me from my past and to free me from fear. And to make me truly alive. To make me brand new. And you want me to be yours. And I say, yes. Yes, I want this. Yes, I want you. And yes, I'm yours. So here I am. Take me. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit. And guide me in the life that you want me to live and I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. And if you pray that prayer today, praise God for you. If you prayed that prayer, praise God. And I want to tell you you just man, I'm so excited God so